Hi, my name is Lynn, and I'm the creator of the blog, Living Large in a Small House. I'm passionate about decorating, entertaining, cooking, gardening, and organizing. Basically, everything that makes a house a home. I'm the wife of the handiest man in the whole world, and I call him handy on my blog. I'm mom to three grown kids, Kenny who lives in LA, Annie who lives in Dallas, and my youngest Emma who lives with us in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. So thanks for listening and tagging along as we live large in our small house. Welcome back to another episode of Living Large Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with my friend Cindy Rust. Cindy is the creator of the blog Reinvented Delaware. Hi, Cindy. Hey, Lynn. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for chatting with me today. Well, golly, thanks so much for asking. This is such a privilege and honor to be on your podcast, and I'm super excited to hear what kind of questions you have for me and and for your people to get to know me. I'm really excited about that, so thank you. Well, thank you. Um, Well, can you share with our audience a little bit about yourself and where you live? Let's start out there. Well, you kind of can figure that out where we live by reinvented Delaware. We're in Delaware. That's on the East Coast. And I love to joke that it's the tiniest state. I know Massachusetts or no, Rhode Island is the tiniest state. Delaware is pretty close. I tease that it's from the top to the bottom is an hour and a half drive in, in Delaware. It's really little. We're mostly towards the South End. My husband and I have been married for 39 years. And we have three grown children. Everybody's living away and everybody's married and getting married and having babies and all of that good stuff. And about five years ago, one of my daughters suggested that I start, my husband and I start a small business of basically teaching or uh, making the projects that we've done for our 39 years of marriage and sell them at a local shop. So that's what we do. Well, thank you. And you probably just answered 20 of the questions. <laughs> well, that's all right. I'd lo- I love to talk about our business. So we'll we'll talk about it even more. That was just a little. I'm tip. just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's so sweet. Um, we met each other virtually in our friend Karianne Woods Mastermind blogging group more well, well over a year ago. I yes, believe. yes. And then we finally met each other in real life in July of last year in Atlanta at the Haven Conference. And you and I have been in a small group together for as, I, almost as long as I've been in the mastermind class. Yeah, we so have. Mm-hmm. We know each other um, pretty well, I would say, even though we've only met each other in person once. And ever since I've known you, You've been reinventing, reinvented Delaware, I feel like. Um, What I mean by that is I've seen a morphing in your business. Would you say that that's pretty It has definitely morphed. And I'll just go back from the very beginning of our business. We rented a little vendor booth spot in a local, um, local shop that sells handmade and vintage items. So the kind of projects that we do fit right in. And the little tiny spot that we had at the very beginning was three foot out from the wall, seven feet wide. And then I had the whole wall and the rent was $50 a month. And I remember biting my nails thinking, how in the world are we going to pay that $50 a month? Because my husband and I were committed to keeping our business money separate from our personal money. 
And I knew, okay, that's all on you, Cindy. And it was only $50, but it was enough to be a nail biter for me. Um, and from there, we have grown and expanded. At one point, we were in two different shops. We've done custom work. Um, and now we're in, we're only in one spot and we've gone, we've grown it and we've shrunk it a couple of different times. Right now it is a little bit smaller, but we've also added to our business. So we have morphed that way. We do a lot of custom work. I can barely keep up with that. And then we also have a blog. So I like to teach the projects that we make and that we reinvent and repurpose and upcycle. I like to teach those projects through our blog and now our YouTube channel so that others can figure out how, you know, learn how to do what we're doing. I've had so many people over the years, oh, how did you make that thing that you made in the shop? And one of my daughters, well, the other daughter had one daughter suggest we start a business and another daughter suggests that we start a blog. So about four years ago, we started blogging about our projects. Since I've known you, you've been primarily a furniture refinishing business that you resell in your, in your booths. And um, I find that really interesting because I don't really know how to refinish furniture. And you do some really creative things. One of my favorite things that you recently did was the tool chest that you put some wheels on and it turned it into a beautiful piece of furniture that you can use to throw your put your throws in and our pillows in your living room. Um, those are the kind of things that interest me because I don't, I see things, but I don't have that vision that you do. So how do you come up with some of these ideas? Do, is that just something that's second nature to you and how you got involved in the furnishing, re, furniture refinishing business to begin with? In a way it is sort of second nature, but I also have to admit as you start doing it, you get more creative. It's like, you just have to get it going. And then that ball is rolling. Um, we started uh, refinishing furniture years ago, but also using interesting items for purposes that they didn't necessarily have, mostly because we could get these items at thrift stores and auctions. We love the auction. Our local auction is amazing, but we could find these things for so cheap. Like here in Delaware, these items are so inexpensive and they were old and vintage and we've always loved that. And we're like, what can we do with this thing to make it useful? Um, so we've kind of just done that all along. And then as I started selling the items, it just became even more so. For instance, that tool chest that you're talking about, we've done so many of those old vintage toolboxes and we've, we've put casters on them, we've repainted, we've left them natural wood, we've used milk paint, you name it, we've done it. We've put casters on them. We've also put, it sounds crazy, but we've put Queen Anne legs from an old piece of furniture onto a toolbox and they make the coolest looking storage units ever. I have one in my shop right now um, that has, it's this old vintage toolbox that someone would have carried like a um, handsaw in. So the handsaw would be, I don't know, maybe three feet long. They're pretty long, those saws. So you can imagine that the toolbox was pretty big. Um, and we decided to add these Queen Anne legs. Well, the Queen Anne legs came from another table that had an ugly veneered top that was not anything I wanted to repurpose, but the legs were really cool. So we pulled the legs off, we saved those and we got rid of the tabletop sent that to the, um, to the dump. 
and we kept the Queen Anne legs. So I have a, a habit of saving these legs for projects like this. And it's just really fun to come up with that. So I, I think to answer your question about where do the ideas come from, the, it kind of feeds itself. It just kind of grows and feeds itself. Interesting that you say that you find a lot of, of vintage pieces on the East Coast and that they're cheap. Is, is that still the case for you? Because I was talking with a friend of mine um, yesterday about her love for vintage. And we are finding here in the Chicago market that even at flea markets and you know, trying to find things online on Facebook Marketplace, the prices are go. They're they're no longer that fifty dollar fine for, or even a ten you know ten dollar fine. We just that's not available to us anymore. Are you finding that too? I, I would say that prices have come up a little bit. One of the things that we like to do is go to yard sales and auctions, and for us, that is the cheapest way to find things. I have a little washstand sitting out in my workshop right now that I worked on this weekend that has nap joinery, which dates it back to the late 1800s. It's an old wow. piece of furniture and it does have a couple layers of paint. I have to take the paint off and that's, I don't mind that kind of work. Um, but that dresser, I mean, that little washstand was $20. I could not believe that it was only $20 from the 1800s. There isn't anything wrong with it. There, there's cracks and crevices like where the wood has separated because it's well over a hundred years old. And then there's the, the layer of paint that I need to remove. But other than that, it's structurally sound because it's solid oak and it, it's just in really good shape. It needed a hose and a good washing. And for $20, I'm willing to wash it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now I know how busy you are and I know what your schedule is like. How do you fit that garage sale, vintage sale into your schedule? Do you have one day a week where it's just like Fridays? That's when people have, you know, their yard sales and you just take off or is your husband involved in that part of it more than you are? How, how does that work for you guys? Well, we work a lot and we try to take Sundays off. I take a half of a day, well, three fourths of a day off on Sundays. <laughs> I do have to squeeze it. used to be all day. <laughs> I know, it used to be. But I do have to squeeze a little bit of work in there. But the other days of the week, we're pretty much doing something related with our business. As far as shopping is concerned, auctions and at least here locally, yard sales are mostly on Saturdays, especially yard sales. The auction that we use is open on Saturdays. There is another auction that we use occasionally on Thursdays. It's farther away, and because it's in the week like that, we don't go as often. But the auction that we have is an all-day Saturday event. It starts at about 9.30 or 10 a.m., and it goes till 11 p.m. But we will go there once every, you know, five or six weeks, and we make a day of it. And mm -hmm. we really kind of pick and choose the day that we're going to go, you know, that, that Saturday that we're going to go, and we go and peruse the, the, the place to make sure that there's enough that we can purchase to make it worth our while to stay for that whole day. And if we see things that are going to be auctioned off throughout the day, we'll stay. And we wind up fill, filling our trailer and our truck with a boatload of stuff. And then I bring it home and have to stash it and all that. But it gives me inventory to work on. So we kind of um, bulk shop that way. <laughs> And that sounds like the op the optimum way to do it because you know yard sales can be hit or miss. 
And, you know, I think that's why for me, it's something that's always been on my list to do um, because I enjoy a good bargain too. And I I agree with you. I think that's the way to find it with when people are especially liquidating a house and they don't really understand or know the value of some of the pieces that are there. I just can't fit it into my schedule because I don't have the resources or figured out the resources like you have to get it. But I'm also... Mine is totally for me and I have enough stuff in my house (laughs) to get rid of. So um, not really something I need to put on my calendar for sure. Anyway, back to our blogging. You and I are going to be speakers at a blogging retreat in Oregon this fall. Are you excited about that? I'm really excited about it. I'm so glad, you know, honored that, that I was even asked to do this and are we allowed to talk about what we'll be talking about? I hope so. You can talk about what you're talking about because, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm talking about. Okay. And actually, I would love for you to talk about it because it leads me into my next conversation. Okay. Well, the thing that I'll be teaching on, and I'm super excited and really passionate about this is photography. You know, in the blogging world, one of the most important things that you can do is have beautiful images in this day of digital, like everything is digital, everything is online, you need to have knockout images. And I'm passionate about that. I have actually had a small business. Uh, I was a wedding and family photographer for about six or seven years. It's been quite a few years ago. So I'm, you know, I have the ability to shoot, you know, in manual mode with a DSLR camera and all of that. So it translated into my blogging career perfectly. I mean, it it was really a a match made in heaven. Um, And I'm excited to be able to share with other bloggers how to improve their photography because it's such an important part of what we do. We want our readers there to read our content, but the truth is we've got to give them some eye candy to get them there. That's one of the ways that we can get them there. And also an, an image can tell a story. For instance, with a blog like mine, I show tutorials and I know that you do as well, like you know, your pantry organization. That blog post about your pantry organization would fall flat without images. You've got to have the great images. And the same is true for my tutorials. I can give all the explanation possible, but I can show so much more in the image. And it's important for me to know how to capture that image so that it is understanded by, you know, understandable to the reader or the viewer of that image. So I'm super excited to teach about all things photography. Really excited about that. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from you in our small group. You've you, but you're so helpful with the photography thing because part of, like you said, part of blogging is our photography. I think that, um, and I know that I am attracted to blogs where I go on and I see a beautiful image when I first draws me to the text is why I'm there. So being a professional photographer, um, I know that you're in, you incorporate that into your blog. Do you plan to do more of that as you're, as you're morphing your blog? Is it going to include more photography? Is it going to include more how-tos, maybe even a course that you sell? Oh, I like that idea a lot. And I have, I have been thinking about that. One of the weekly blog posts that I post is for a link party where bloggers can come in, link up, and it's a great way to to grow your blog. As as you know, you have a link party as well. 
And what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, five or six weeks or so, I've been giving some pretty in-depth photography tips on that link party. It's called Tuesday Turnabout. And we, we, the, the link party goes live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can go back to see the tips that I've had up to this point, but they're, they're pretty in-depth so far. And I actually had a reader email me and say, um, I think you're writing an ebook. And I said, <laughs> golly, I think I am. So I've nice. been, I've been kind of working on that. And when I get to the ebook part of it, of course, it will include photos as samples of what I'm trying to teach in, you know, in the, in the text that I'm writing. And I think a course is a really great idea. We'll, we'll have to work that into the schedule. <laughs> The furniture refinishing, was that something you've always enjoyed or was it a leap from photography to the furniture refinishing? Kind of explain that to me. I was thinking it was maybe a COVID thing, like you were doing wedding photography and then because everybody was canceling their weddings, you upped your game with the furniture refinishing and the blog. Well, it didn't exactly happen that way. I was a family and wedding photographer about 10 years ago. And I had to give that up because I was literally juggling three jobs at once. I had three part-time jobs. I cared for an elderly lady. I did the bookkeeping for my parents' um, small business. And then I was also doing family photography and weddings, which is weekend work. So it was, it was a lot. Something had to give. I had to continue with taking care of my lady. And of course, I had to continue helping my parents as their bookkeepers. So I gave up the photography. That was just a, ha a hobby for me. And then the furniture refinishing and upcycling and repurposing has never been a business until about five years ago. We just did it for ourselves. You know, we literally mm -hmm. just did it for ourselves. So it, in an interesting turn of events, um, I wound up opening this business in the vendor booth. And the next step a year later, when I started my blog, it just was a natural fit that I had all the gear and I knew how to use it. And I just turned it into, you know, something that I could use for my blog. The interesting thing is photographing tutorials of upcycling projects and painting furniture is very different from photographing a wedding or a newborn It's very, very different. Well, the beauty of it, I, I expect is that unlike a wedding where if you miss the shot, you miss the shot you have an opportunity to restage, look at things, make them better if they weren't perfect the first time. So um, hopefully, a, hopefully a good change to photographing furniture and your tutorials. And you do such a good job. And I will absolutely link in the show notes all the places that you can find Cindy, including her um, Tuesday turnaround, turnabout. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday turnabout. Turnab Tuesday turnabout link party. If you're a blogger, you definitely want to be linking up your blog links to link parties because that's a great way to drive traffic to your site. But on to Cindy and her home and her gardens. Now, this is something that you have not talked about so much in your blog, but I know because I know you that you're going to start incorporating that into reinvented Delaware. Yes, I do. So how does that look or how or are you still working through that process? Oh my, I'm still working through that and I'm not sure quite how to transition. And I think that, um, I think it's going to come. It's just a matter of 
transitioning. I, I took a poll of my email subscribers uh, about two months ago, and I asked if they were interested in seeing more home decor and what I do here at our home. And surprisingly, I, I could not believe how many emails I got back in response. Yes, we love the tutorials. And yes, we want to see more home decor and what you do and what your life is like. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what in the world? So I, I, like, to, I like to know that that's what our readers are looking for. And I want to incorporate those. But I also want to continue teaching some of the tutorials. But I also want to show how we're using those projects in our own home. The challenge for me has been that most of the projects that we have completed as a tutorial in a blog post, and we have close to 200, over 200 blog post tutorials, most of those have been items that we've sold. So I no longer have that item. I have all the photos of it, but I no longer have that item. And people wanna see how I'm using those items, those home decor pieces in my home, but I don't have them anymore. So there's kind of a conundrum there, but I'm gonna get it figured out. And I, I do wanna share more about our home decor and the lifestyle that we lead here. Well, at the, the toolbox you're talking about with the Queen Anne legs, I hope that's a keeper for your home because that sounds so cool. And I'm jealous that you even have that. It's pretty cool, but it is for sale because we we that's one of our hot items. We sell so many of those boxes. So I, I know I have some customers with their eyes on it right now. Well, I have a toolbox too. And I, I it literally just sits in my office and I'm not using it, but it's it's not quite big enough to do what you're doing. But I thought, hmm, <laughs> that puts a whole new spin on that unused toolbox over there. I like the leg idea because it could turn it into a table. Oh, we've done like that too. Table. We've done that too. You can turn it into a table. I've seen pictures of your property too, Cindy. And you, it seems like you have quite a bit of, um, do you have, how much are you on an acre? Or? We have about an acre and a third and we're mm -hmm. out in the country. We're surrounded by fields and we have a woods area on one side of our property with a little stream. It's, it's a really beautiful piece of property. And we've lived here. We built this house about 22 or 23 years ago and uh, said that it was going to be our forever home. Famous last words. You never know. Uh, but we've done, <laughs> we've done so much to this home, and it really is conducive to the way our family is now. Our children live uh, two hours north and four hours south of us. So when they come, especially the ones that are four hours south, they have a place to stay without renting a hotel. You know, they don't stay in a hotel. Mm -hmm. And then my family room, dining room, and kitchen area are all one big room that everybody can just gather and hang out separately, but still be together. It's it's kind of a cool space. So so yeah, we that's what we have in our gardens outside. We've literally planted every single thing in our yard because it was a field when we bought it. It was a cornfield, and we bought this oh, acre wow. and a third. We've planted cypress that are i don't even know how many feet tall they are we have crepe myrtles all over river birch the landscaping that we've put in in fact my husband and i were just kind of chuckling about this the first year that we moved in and we put in the landscaping beds that surround the entire home um we had gotten some manure from a local farmer and he had it on a trailer. So he put it on the trailer. He would pull the trailer up to where we were going to be putting the manure 
you know, in the flower beds around the garden and I was running the tiller. So he was shoveling it in and I was tilling it in. Tilling we, it up. we went around the whole house. It was in the summer and which explains a lot, but <laughs> with manure in the summer, but we went around that whole house at about 9 p.m. at night and it took us a couple of hours. We were out there like 11. Our children were young and they were asleep. So we thought, this is the time to do the work. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how my husband and I like to work together is tilling in the manure. <laughs> <laughs> in the wee hours of the night, not the wee hours of the night, yeah. in, the, in the dark at night. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. But you do have some beautiful plants. I know when your daughter got married in the backyard right before um, I think your peonies might have been blooming. And I was so jealous because I also was having a wedding in the backyard that summer, last summer. And um, I knew my peonies were going to be done by the time my wedding came. Yeah. And the ears were lovely. Every morning, Cindy takes a walk outside and share with us a little bit about that, your morning walk. I do. I call this my good morning stories on Instagram. And it's something I'm pretty faithful to. Um, and I've done it for three or four years now. My readers, my followers on Instagram have really looked forward to it. I've gotten a lot of encouraging remarks. If I miss a few days, where are you? We want the good morning story or people saying, oh, seeing that beautiful thing just really does brighten my day. But what I do every morning, like literally first thing in the morning after my first cup of coffee, I go outside and I look for something of beauty. Like there is something all year long, you know, whether it's the dead of winter, or whether it's the heat of summer, there is something beautiful to be seen. Sometimes it's a great big scene. Um, this morning I took two photos. I took a photo of a farm in the distance with fields in the foreground. Um, and then I also took a very close up shot of a piece of wheat that was growing. That's the one that went on my stories this morning. Um, but there's always something beautiful to see. Sometimes you have to be really slow and get that photo and get close to something and see it. And I'm very nostalgic and very uh, melancholy in a, in a way that I like to see the things that I see out there and I translate that to something in my life. You know, if you're going through a hard struggle, sometimes you have to dig deep to find the beautiful thing. And I relate that to what I see out in creation. Sometimes you might only see a big brown pile of leaves with nothing beautiful. But if you get close enough, you're going to see something of beauty. And that's kind of my goal is for myself to start my day that way and also to share it with my followers and in a way, give them some encouragement as well. Well, and I want to share with you my story about that because you've been encouraging to me. Um, I have, I'm not as faithful as you, but I've started getting up earlier and going outside and taking a walk and I don't share my pictures. I probably should, but I do look for something. And the morning that you saw buds on your lilac tree, I remembered that last year I planted a lilac bush, which I've wanted one for years. I just never did it. And I thought there's no way because where Cindy lives in Delaware and where I live in Illinois, we are di in different zones. And I thought there's no way I have buds on my lilac bush, but I went and looked and sure enough, they weren't very big, but there was mm -hmm. growth. And it was for me, because we still have gotten snow. Last night we got a hard frost again. Um, I 
that was encouraging to me that spring yes is around the corner as much as it doesn't feel like it some days here yeah that's so good i appreciate that thank you so much for that encouragement um before we wrap this up i want to ask you a few questions sure. so what is your favorite book and why oh my goodness i'm reading it right now and it's it's a favorite book of mine that i've read probably 10 times since it came oh out my back in uh, the early 90s. It's a book by Francine Rivers and it's called Redeeming Love. And it is a beautiful tale, a beautiful story of God's redemptive love told through the story of Hosea. And this takes the Old Testament book of Hosea and translates it into a storyline that contemporarily we can understand the love story behind this, but it's a, an example, a symbol of God's love for us. It is a beautiful and heart-wrenching story at times, and I'm reading it right now, and I've bought that book so many times and have given it out over and over and over again, and thankfully, I still have one of the copies from back in the 90s, and I'm, I'm holding dear to that one, and I'm reading it again. I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with that book, but I'm going to go out, and I'm going to read it for myself. Sounds great. What is something that most people don't know about you that you were willing to share? Hmm. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I don't know. I'm pretty transparent, I think. Um, I, I like to show up in any kind of live video like Instagram stories or Facebook lives or any of that. And I just try to be myself and I think people appreciate that. So I'm, I'm pretty transparent. Where can people find you on all the places? Okay. You can find me at reinventeddelaware.com. That is my blog and my site where I share and teach all the tutorials that I was talking about earlier. And about uh, nine months ago or a year ago or so, I started a YouTube channel under the same name, Reinvented Delaware. We're creating videos of the tutorials that we like to share. You can find me on Instagram at Reinvented Delaware and on Facebook at Reinvented Delaware. And for now, that's where I'm staying and I'm not sure I'm gonna branch out to <laughs> any other social media because I have a hard time keeping up with those four. No TikTok for you, Oh, Cindy? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's kind of where my my end game is going to. I don't, I don't know that I'm gonna venture there, but anyway. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so much fun chatting with you. You and I have, could chat all day long about things, especially things blogging. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Cindy. It's been so much fun chatting with you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Lynn, for inviting me and asking me to, to join you here on this podcast. This is so much fun. And I've listened to your podcast several times on those morning walks, and I really do enjoy all your conversations. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Living Large Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast, Living Large in a Small House. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these ladies a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. Also, visit livinglargeinasmallhouse.com to become a VIP member, which entitles you to the free resource library. And remember that love grows best in a small house.